The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Friday, April the 24th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you here on Daybreak three times per week. I'm going to fly solo with you this morning on the heels of the opening round of the 2020 National Football League draft. Certainly a newsy evening as we expected if you followed the coverage with us there at BamaOnline.com. We had you updated the first 15 picks of the first round last night. You had four Alabama players really go within a span of, what, 10 or 11 picks from 5 to 15. Uh, So we'll recap that with you this morning. A big first round for the Southeastern Conference in general. The SEC with a first round record, 15 picks by a conference last night. Clyde Edwards-Alar, the LSU running back there, sneaking in at the end of the first round of the world champion Kansas City Chiefs at number 32 overall, giving the LSU Tigers a first-round best five picks on Thursday night. The Alabama Crimson Tide, for the fifth time in the Nick Saban era, with four first-rounders, 2011, 2012, 2017, 18 and now 2020 four first rounders in each of those drafts for Alabama clubs under Nick Saban and we'll sort of recap how it all came together for the Alabama contingent it was certainly a a big storyline the major storyline going into the draft when you talk about Tua Tagovailoa and the concerns about the hip and the injury history in general and really When it all shook out, it basically went down the way that you got an initial indication back on even New Year's Day that it might. Remember Camping World Stadium, Orlando, Florida, New Year's Day, Alabama, Michigan in the Citrus Bowl, and you had the Miami Dolphins front office brass there on the field in the pregame sort of checking out the personnel firsthand Uh, there in Orlando, and that's kind of the way it worked on draft night, first round of the NFL draft. It is the Miami Dolphins with the fifth overall selection that tab Tua Tagovailoa. Tua headed to South Florida, the first Alabama quarterback to go in the first round of an NFL draft since Richard Todd way back in 1976, and with Tua going in the first round, Alabama under Nick Saban has now checked every positional box on the field with a first-rounder, and because of that, we're going to be able to release in a short time later today our all-first-round team at Alabama under Nick Saban, and there was room to spare. It's not like every first-rounder that Nick Saban has had since 2009 is going to be on that team. We were able to pick and choose a little bit. That's how many first-rounders Alabama has had, 33 in all, in the last 12 drafts, that we can finally, though, go ahead and put this team together because now Alabama has its first-round quarterback under Nick Saban. So Tua off to South Florida. If you haven't already, give at SpotRack on Twitter a follow. It's S-P-O-T-R-A-C. And what SpotRack does is basically give you a good idea 
of the contract values for these guys as they're picked. And really, SpotRack does this on a daily basis in, in sports in general uh, throughout the year. But right now, it's especially valuable because as guys are coming off the board, like Tuatanga Vailoa, at SpotRack is essentially giving you a ballpark sort of outline of that rookie contract for these guys. And according to SpotRack, Tua looking at four years for $30.2 million total. That includes a $19.5 million signing bonus. That's important because in professional football and the NFL, signing bonus, guaranteed money, that's what matters most. So that's what Tua is looking at as the number five overall pick in this draft. The Dolphins also had a couple of other first-round picks on Thursday night. Had this war chest that they've got built up after some trades and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick among those here in the last year that have kind of allowed Miami to stock up some picks. But the Dolphins at number 18 overall went with an offensive tackle in Austin Jackson of Southern California. Interesting because Jackson came out early. Could have been a guy that Alabama faced, assuming that we have a college football season in 2020 because that opener between the Trojans and the Crimson Tide is set anyway for Arlington, Texas on September the 5th. Now, Austin Jackson's still a young guy. I don't know if Austin Jackson is one of these first-round picks that you just sort of plug and play with initially. He's just 20 years old, still has some room to grow, but perhaps the pairing of Tua with Austin Jackson is one that you can grow with over the next few years. Maybe you bring Tua in and the plan isn't initially to start him. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, the veteran, continues in that role. You also have Josh Rosen, already well-traveled, just a couple of years in the league. He was a first-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals just a couple of years ago, traded to the Dolphins, uh, and now who knows what's going to happen with Josh Rosen. But I also like with Miami, you've got a veteran offensive coordinator in Chan Gailey, uh, America's Georgia's finest in Chan Gailey. You've got a promising young head coach in Brian Flores. You've got a team that at the end of the 2019 season was riding some momentum. You might remember the upset of the New England Patriots up in Foxborough. So uh, there's reason for optimism. And you still have a lot of picks for the Dolphins to work with on day two today and then day three on Saturday in this 2020 draft. Now, five picks later, on Thursday night. After Tua goes to the Dolphins, Jedrick Wills, the second Alabama player off the board, number 10 overall in the first round to the Cleveland Browns where he will be charged with helping to improve the protection of Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. You got some nice offensive skill pieces in Cleveland, but no doubt the line of scrimmage had to be a point of emphasis for that team early in the draft, and they address it at least in part with Jedrick Wills at the tackle spot. You've got Nick Chubb at running back. you got Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry at the wide receiver spot. So, again, there's some there's some good stuff to work with from a skill perspective. Uh, you're going through another coaching change in Cleveland, as we know. Freddie Kitchens, one and done as the full-time head coach, uh, has since moved on to an assistance job with the New York Giants. But – Jedrick Wills, according to SpotRack, once again, looking at a four-year deal worth $19.7 million, 
that will likely include somewhere in the neighborhood of a signing bonus of $11.8 million for Jedrick Wills. And with Wills going 10th overall, at that point in the draft, um, you had an NFL draft record from a conference six of the first 10 picks from the SEC. That's where you were at at number 10. Now, a couple picks later, a little bit of a surprise to some folks, I think, in that Henry Ruggs third first wide receiver off the board. Not Jerry Judy, not C.D. Lamb. Henry Ruggs third goes off the board at 12. He goes to the Las Vegas Raiders, where he will team up with his former Alabama uh, skill position mate, I guess you could say, Josh Jacobs, with the Raiders. Ironic in that in 2015, it was another Alabama wide receiver that went early in the first round to the AFC West and the Raiders in Amari Cooper. I don't think, though, that Ruggs going first among the wide receivers in this draft should have been a huge surprise. You can start with the speed. I think that's what most folks do. Uh, but I think something that teams and draft analysts and other folks in the industry, I guess you could call it, became more and more aware of as the process wore on is that this guy is just a really good all-around football player and a tough dude on top of all that. So it's Henry Ruggs III as the first wide receiver off the board there at number 12. Spot Rack says that Ruggs is looking at one of those four-year deals worth $16.6 million. That includes a signing bonus uh, somewhere around $9.6 million. So not bad cash for Henry Ruggs III there at number 12. Jerry Judy makes it four Alabama players in the first 15 picks on Thursday night when he goes number 15 overall to the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos and the 49ers there at 14 and 15, they were interesting because they were both home to a really good slot receiver just last year in Emmanuel Sanders. So you figured between Sanders being traded from Denver to San Francisco during the season last fall that one of those two at least was going to be in the market for an inside receiver because Emmanuel Sanders has now since left San Francisco for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it wasn't the 49ers that made the move on Jerry Judy, but it was the Broncos at number 15 overall. Haven't had a lot of Alabama players drafted by the Denver Broncos in years past, uh, but that will be Jerry Judy as a first-rounder, where he will look to team up with a talented, if largely unproven, quarterback in Drew Locke, the former Missouri standout. Certainly plenty of arm talent, a guy that can make good use of Jerry Judy's all-around ability at the wide receiver position. Um, and so John Elway, as the decision maker for the Denver Broncos, makes the call to go with Jerry Judy there at number 15 overall. Again, according to SpotRack, Judy looking at a four-year deal worth $15.2 million and a signing bonus somewhere around $8.6 million. Uh, and so Jerry Judy comes off the board there at number 15 overall. So when you add it all up, just a little bit south of 50 million in signing bonuses, uh, sort of projected anyway, not cast in 
uh, stone or anything like that, etched in stone at this point or anything. But again, according to SpotRack, you're looking at something like 49.5 million in signing bonus cash for these four Alabama uh, first round uh, picks on Thursday night. And with that pick of Judy, uh, Alabama also became the only team with two wide receivers drafted in the top 15 picks during the common draft era. And Alabama also became the first school in over 50 years to have four offensive players taken in the first round. So some really interesting stuff for Alabama on Thursday night. I know, kind of like business as usual. We thought perhaps Alabama might challenge 2004 Miami with that six first-round picks that the Hurricanes had. 16 years ago in that 2004 draft, it didn't happen. Xavier McKinney did not have his name called. Really, no safeties went in the first round on Thursday night. So we'll see what happens with uh, Xavier coming up on Friday. Also, Trayvon Diggs, sort of a fringe first-rounder projected there going into Thursday's first round. Did not happen for Trayvon either. We'll see what day two, which consists of rounds two and three, hold for those guys, and maybe Terrell Lewis, uh, Raekwon Davis, um, you know, some of these other guys start to uh, show up here on day two of the 2020 NFL draft, but mostly we just wanted to give you a recap, give you some thoughts and some more info on what went down Thursday night in the virtual 2020 NFL draft. I thought it came off pretty well. You know, all things considered, technically, didn't look like there was really much in the way of glitches. Certainly different to see Roger Goodell there in his basement uh, announcing the selections. Uh, I thought Mike Vrabel's kids stole the show late in the broadcast. I'm not. I'm still not sure why we didn't get more of Mike Vrabel's kids. Um, I thought they were. They should have been sort of centerpieces of the broadcast once we got to him. Hopefully. Maybe uh, today and on Saturday we'll get more of uh, the Vrabel fam. I thought those kids were awesome. Outstanding. Uh, Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. We're going to continue to have uh, coverage of this 2020 NFL draft for you there on the website. Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair, myself will be on that roundtable with you as well. So plenty to come at you throughout the weekend with the NFL draft. As always, we thank you for spending your time with us there at BamaOnline.com. And hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you again real soon.